on the Jacob Buer show today, I am so happy to have on our former president and the former Indiana governor, Mitch Daniels. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. I should have thought to put on some Purdue gear, but I was uh, I got busy and forgot. Totally fine. So let's kick things off. In 2021, you gave a very interesting commencement speech that was outside, of course, at the time. So many things you had mentioned how we were going through hardships and how you need to overcome them as you go forward in life. What has kind of changed since then, if there would be any different advice that you would give um, looking back on that? Don't think I would change much. Uh, the um, theme of that speech, and I always tried to have a theme, you know, I uh, to digress just for a second, there was nothing I took more seriously or worked harder on than the commencement speech. I, it was always in my mind that the young men and women coming across that stage uh, had worked so hard to get there. I needed to work hard to have something I hoped that was useful and original to say. But that year, uh, I, I felt that that was uh, one of the more important uh, uh, messages I tried to convey that um, we expect Boilermakers to be uh, leaders. We know they will be. The essence of leadership is making choices um, and uh, and assigning priorities and and weighing evidence carefully and so forth. And that's what a Purdue graduate has learned to do. And I was trying to make the point that too many of their elders, I thought, had defaulted on their responsibility as leaders, whether they were in government or higher education, health care or elsewhere uh, over the COVID experience. And we're, we've paid a huge price for that, uh, for that dereliction, in my opinion, people who didn't have the courage to make choices. I mean, we made a choice to stay open at Purdue if we possibly could, and then we went to work to try to make that real. Uh, but in too many places, um, people hid behind a so-called expert, locked everything down, uh, only looked at the, at, their, at the issues through one lens, and uh, that, uh, you know, that that's the sort of mistake I hope we don't make again. And uh, that's the message I tried to leave with our students uh, who I, who will soon be occupying. Some of them already are positions uh, of great responsibility. For sure. And, and kind of going into detail more, a little bit more on that. What is it like giving a commencement in front of so many students? Of course, for BGR, you would get in front of so many students. Is that was that easy for you being the Purdue president because you had been governor before having to give serious addresses, or what's that moment like when you're up there in Rossade Stadium or in Mackey Arena? Are you nervous ever, or were you nervous? I'd had a lot of practice, I, and I, I I always looked at it as you might a, a big sporting event or a big game. You want to get up for it. Again, there was nothing I took more seriously than the commencement speech. It was to me the most. Uh, certainly most important talk I would give all year. And I would give scores of talks, most of them extemporaneous. That one I always wrote. You know, uh, just to illustrate, I made it my objective to have the first draft of the commencement speech done by the end of Christmas break. Um, I would save things all year, possible uh, themes or uh, uh, messages. and And over Christmas break, I would try to uh, select the general topic and draft it. It's like having your term paper done, you know, way in advance. It gave me some time, a lot of time to sand it and file it and try to make it uh, just right for this, the audience. But 
Yes, what was it like? I mean, um, it was, I wouldn't be nervous particularly because again, it wasn't anything I hadn't done a million times, but um, I frequently got emotional. Uh, I had to watch about that, about that because, you know, I, I felt so strongly about our student body. I'd gotten to know hundreds or thousands of one way or another. Uh, and uh, you're looking out at uh, that sea of faces always affected me uh, more than uh, crowds I talked to that might have been even larger. Really um, interesting to hear that perspective from it. What did it mean this year when we beat IU twice to you, of course? Um, it was your second year kind of without being president, but last year we had lost IU. What's that? What was that like for you? A lot of joy. Well, we're, we're, we're supposed to beat them twice. <laughs> Most years we do beat them twice. It's only the only, we only had one little hiccup in there. You know, we had a run of what was it? 11 in a row, something like that. And um, so, uh, yeah, it was like getting back on, on track, but of course, and, and but we beat them very soundly uh, 20 points and 20 plus, And uh, that hadn't happened since the nineties. So that was, that was satisfying, but, uh, no, I mean, um, uh, my, my first year at Purdue 2013 was the only year in Purdue history where we were last in football and last in basketball. And I guess the way to, I had to look at that as well, you know, it's good to start on a low base, then it's all improvement from there, but we had so much improvement. We had great seasons in both. And, um, uh, you know, I, uh, the job there will, the, the university will never have a bigger sports fan than probably than, than I am. Uh, but, you know, to me at Purdue, the pride came from knowing that we were uh, very competitive, uh, but did it the right way. You know, college athletics is so littered with hypocrisy and cheating and double standards and things that uh, I was always so proud to have served 10 years at Purdue, never had to apologize for a scandal or a player's terrible behavior or um, uh, or, or a booster, uh, you know, doing something they shouldn't. And uh, that's not easy to do. Um, uh, but uh, if you want to compete, but Purdue has managed to, and I hope always will. For sure. And I'm sure you will be there in the NCAA tournament, especially since we got the first round in Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, I'm ready to go to Phoenix, but, uh, you know, you know, on the day we're uh, recording this, Jacob, but uh, we've, we've stumbled a little here lately. I was at the Minnesota game, uh, which was uh, Thursday, a few days ago from, from today. And, uh, you know, I was looking forward to, uh, maybe a relaxing blowout. We didn't get that and then tripped up at uh, Columbus. So I hope that that'll prove temporary. Matt Painter always gets us back on track. So that's the good thing. Yeah. Um, would you say it's important being a president to have, because some presidents, you know, depending on how schools are at sports, they really don't pay as much attention as we do. Would you say it's very important to have good relationships with the coaches of the teams and, and the players like that? being the face of the university as well? I think it's important to maintain a correct relationship. I never micromanaged. I didn't uh, thrust myself into locker rooms. I did absolutely everything that any of our athletic uh, department people or coaches asked me to do, but I think they knew they, they didn't have a bigger fan, but I wasn't uh, going to um, 
uh, micromanage or interfere in any way. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, um, as, as much as athletics brings to, to, to life at a campus like Purdue, you have to keep it in its proper place. And it's not the reason we're there. And, um, and so uh, I, I think our department has always taken very seriously the job of, of making sure that our uh, uh, athletes uh, uh, progressed academically. Uh, we go to all kinds of lengths to make sure that they leave uh, with a strong preparation for life because very, very few of them are going to play sports for a living. For sure. And here's a big question that everybody wonders, parents who have sent their kids to Purdue wonder, how are you able to freeze tuition and do yeah. it in such an effective way that now the great um, President Meng Chang is still able to continue on to this day, and we're still freezing tuition. How are you able to start that? We started off this conversation, Jacob, talking about making choices and how that's really the essence of, of a position of high responsibility. Uh, you, you, do I spend my money here or there? Do I uh, uh, deploy people uh, uh, to this task or, or that task? And what are our highest priorities? What what should I spend my uh, time put my attention on. Well, um, uh, we we decided very early, and I I decided on my way to Purdue that um, a very important task would be to somehow try to keep the place affordable. After thirty six straight years of increases, which by the way was typical of you know other schools like us, ours we weren't we weren't any worse. And uh, so I've been asked that question naturally enough. A thousand times over the years, what I've basically got uh, got out of saying is that um, we decided that was a priority, and so we I say we solved the equation for zero. In too much of higher ed, money was so easy. You just however they would ask the wrong question. They would say, um, "How much would uh, would we like to have to spend this year? What would it take to keep everybody happy? You know, make all the departments and deans and all the programs." Uh, happy and then just you know dial up tuition to produce that amount and that's the wrong way to ask the question so we asked the question what would we have to do to avoid raising tuition for our students and families and it turned out not to be that hard i um i think purdue had been relatively well run before i got there compared to other schools i've now learned about but there was still a lot of as we say low fruit uh, to be picked and and when you get everybody pointed in any endeavor, if if you can get people pointed at a common goal and everybody trying to contribute to it, you'd be amazed what can happen. And so it was uh, savings, large and small. And it was, uh, again, simply alignment around that goal. Um, and um, I never imagined at the beginning, you know, what did I know? I was brand new to the whole endeavor of higher ed. I never imagined we could maybe go past one year, but then it wasn't that hard. And so we asked the question the second year and the third, and here we are 13 years later. So um, I will tell you one other thing that's very important to note. Um, what started out as an attempt just to make a, a, a gesture of sensitivity that, we're, that we care about this, we're gonna try to, to keep Purdue affordable turned into a trademark. I thought, and I was wrong, that lots of schools would have to start moderating their cost. 
and we better not get left you know, behind. Well, didn't happen that way. Most of the rest kept raising their rates. And year after year, Purdue became more distinct. For the business school students who are watching, the essence of marketing is differentiation. How do I separate what I'm offering, my product or service, from everybody else's? Well, it just happened in our case. And what, what did that produce? Record applications. One way we did it, a key really to maintaining it was the school grew by 30%. So you get 30% more people paying. You don't have to charge everybody more. And uh, by the way, graduating more talented Boilermakers is exactly the uh, assignment that I thought uh, was primary for us. That's a lot of information that I think answers that question. So thank you. Um, appreciate you going into detail on that. Not everyone goes into details when you ask them questions. So, well, you know, I've had, uh, there's some else I've had some practice at because again, uh, everywhere I go, people uh, want to know and, uh, uh, and I want them to understand it wasn't gimmicks. We didn't raid the cookie jar. Purdue's reserves are much bigger than they were when we started. We more than broke even every single year. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, we've paid our staff and faculty at or above the peer group every single year. Some years we led the peer group, so we were compensating people for the good work they were doing. It wasn't any of those things. It was expenses and, and attracting more uh, talented students. For sure. And a couple other quick questions before I ask for your advice. Um, what would you say is the best thing that you got to do as Purdue president? I know that this is probably a question you still get asked a lot, but just quickly, what would you say is the best thing that you got to do? Um, hang with students. Hang with students. No question about it. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, uh, listen, first of all, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time, you know, whether it was at the co-rec or uh, in the dining courts or anywhere like that, you know, I, um, I was able to be on task all the time at Purdue. Uh, my wife uh, was here in Indianapolis where I'm talking to you from now, an hour away, but I would, but you know, she had uh, uh, some uh, responsibilities here and grandchildren now. And so uh, it worked pretty well because I would come up usually on Sunday night and I could be there all day and all night, every, every night I needed to be uh, and come home on the weekend if I could. And so I got to um, spend a lot of time with, with students and, Yes, it was fun, but uh, maybe more important, um, it uh, I just learned a lot, and and uh, I would always ask, how can we make this place better? What uh, what would you do if you had my job? Questions like that. Um, advice I've given many many times to leaders of of tomorrow is, uh, I always said, you know, don't take the elevator, take the stairs, meaning. Uh, be in touch with the ground floor, whether it's your customers in business, the voters when I worked for everybody at the state of Indiana, or in the case of Purdue, students, staff, and so forth. Um, don't lose touch and don't uh, don't let information all be filtered on its way to you. Try to get as much as you can firsthand. And that's what um, I, I, I both, yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of it, but I also learned so much because I was able to do that. Sure. And just two last questions. Um, going to governor real quick, what that was like, what would you say is the most memorable moment being governor? Of course, it's a beautiful place to work in. 
you get to meet a lot of amazing people. I got to do that in just two months over the summer working at the state capitol. You got to serve for eight years. Um, what was your favorite part of that job? What we got done. I was only interested in the job because at the time, Indiana was sinking. It was going nowhere. The biggest newspaper in the state had a big uh, award-winning series called State of Decline. And in our group, um, most of us, I'd never run for public office before. Most of the people who joined us were coming out of business or coming from outside politics. We only had one reason to do it, and that was, you know, grab this state by the lapels and start making some changes that make it a place that's more attractive to business and investment so people can earn better incomes. Um, we had to start improving the educational system of the state, which is a continues to be a work in progress. If you want to pick one moment, I mean, there's so many, but uh, the, the day when we opened bids on our lease of the Indiana Toll Road and found a bid for $4 billion cash, way more than we imagined we could get. And I knew that we'd be able to rebuild this state. Um, uh, we, we, uh, we used that money, put it all into hard infrastructure, um, resurfaced half the state roads, rebuilt a third of the bridges and built all these new projects, like 25 west of, I mean, east of, uh, of, um, West Lafayette was had, that had been people had been promised for decades. We we were able to do all that, and and uh, that was a big moment because um, you know nobody's ever going to roll those roads up. They're, uh, those uh, there's something that will be there for the future. By the way, every year CNBC rates the 50 states on infrastructure. Indiana number one every year, and uh, it goes back to that moment for sure. And one last thing. Speaking to kind of sophomores, juniors, and seniors who got to have you as president, yeah. um, what would your advice just be to them? You came in speaking to them at BGR week. What would your advice yeah. be to leaving the doors for life um, since they didn't get to see it come back? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the, the single best thing I've ever come up with the, when people want that magic one-liners, try to be a person people can trust. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to keep a secret, this is a big one. If you keep a confidence, actually do it. So few people really can return your messages and phone calls. And um, um, that nothing will serve you better or make you, I think, feel more fulfilled in, in, in your own self. You know, beyond that, um, uh, uh, take advantage of the remaining days you have at Purdue. Study hard. Challenge yourself. Uh, Take, take the courses that will stretch you. It will make so much difference later on. Um, and, um, uh, you know, Purdue has maintained, I think, I think we can show, you know, greater rigor. 79% um, of the grades at Yale University last semester were A's. Now, um, it cheapens the, the whole experience and it, it depreciates the currency of a of a college diploma if, it, if they're handing out uh, good grades without people having to earn them. So we're not like that at Purdue. And uh, I would encourage students to see that as a plus and not a problem and uh, uh, stretch themselves as far as, as they can go. It'll just pay off for the rest of your life. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Jacob Beer Show today. We hope to see you on TV and all around when Purdue wins a title, hopefully a month from now. And thank well, you.
I don't know if you'll see me, but you'll hear, you'll probably hear me because uh, I get a little worked up, you know. Uh, I used to tell people uh, who were guests at, at Gary Games, I said, look, I'm going to tell you before the, you know, kickoff, I, I might say something unpresidential if, if something goes wrong, and I apologize in advance. But uh, no, uh, listen, uh, thanks an awful lot. Uh, uh, for any of, the, of those three classes who are watching, I loved every day of working for you. And uh, I just uh, know that each and every one of you is going to make Purdue and me proud uh, for uh, evermore. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Okay. See ya.